because as a parent, all you want is the communication. You don't care if they're mad. You don't care if they're going to complain. Just don't shut us out. And that's what God feels. He's not afraid of your questions or your complaints or your anger. The worst thing you can do is just shut him out. Or like what I was doing is I felt like I had this faith that was this fragile faith that I had built so carefully over my life almost like a model airplane or something that I had built. And I was afraid that if I actually went out and flew it in these storms, I would break it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on the show today is author and my sister in Christ, Lori Ann Wood. Sister, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for, for doing the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, um, thank you for having me on. It's just such a such an honor to address your audience and share in your ministry a little bit. It's great. Thank you for your grace for the fact we had to reschedule this. I When I found that I had to preach Good Friday, I'm like, I'm going to need some time to get ready. <laughs> Understandable. So by the time this airs, we'll be a few months removed from that. But thank you for your your grace to reschedule. Of but I, I know I have you for a small window today, so I figured I'll just dive right into it. So let's tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Where'd you grow up and where are you from? I grew up on a wheat farm in South Central Kansas. And we had, I would call it a menagerie of pets and animals and just the most perfect sunsets. And it was in that setting that I really started to learn about faith and grace and resilience and that really set my life on the trajectory that it's on. But I didn't stay in Kansas and I eventually started moving a little bit further and further away and really have spent the last 30 plus years in Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville, which is another beautiful place in a much different way. It's in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains and probably best known for being the headquarters of Walmart. So you said that where you were learning some things about faith and grace. So were you always a Christian? Were you always following Christ? How Dive a little bit more on that journey for us. Yes, I, no, I was raised by a mother who knew God really intimately with every fiber of her being. And she just exuded this faith. And so I knew about God, I think as soon as I knew about my parents, honestly, I don't remember a time where I didn't believe in God, believe that he existed, believe that he was all powerful. That was just something that I grew up entrenched in that environment. And so thankful for the start that I got there in that Christian home. And then married a Christian man. We raised our children in the church and were very active there. We spent 10 different summers on mission trips in Mexico, teaching classes to adults and we're really active. And it, it's just been a big part of my life is for as long as I can remember in, in one form or another. So let's, let's fast forward and dive into it now. So 
How has your faith and your walk with God played a role into everything you've experienced in your life? I know it's not recently, but just overall with your health and everything else. Like if you want to dive that and share that with the audience. Well, something happened. I told you this story of me just being a believer and having this Christian heritage and the, and the Christian underpinnings and all of that. And then something happened about seven years ago that really rattled my faith. And even though it would be what I would call a mature faith, it was a faith that I had owned and lived and really embraced. I It wasn't one that I felt looking back on it now was one that had really deep roots or connections. And so what happened, I call it a detour, but what happened, it was really a health detour that happened to me about seven years ago. And just to tell you how strange the detour was, I got a, I had an evaluation for a life insurance policy and they came over and did all the testing just to make sure that you're a good bet and all of that. And they told me that I had less than 3% chance of ever developing heart disease in my lifetime because I had no family history. I had no risk factors. I had low blood pressure, low cholesterol. I was active. My numbers were just so good. I got the preferred life insurance policy and they didn't even blink. And then three weeks later, I just wasn't feeling well. And I thought maybe I had the flu or pneumonia. I wasn't really sure. I was just feeling sluggish. I wasn't flat out on my back. I wasn't fainting or anything like that. I just wasn't my best. And I went to my family doctor and immediately was put in cardiac ICU. And I was diagnosed with end-stage heart failure, which was just pretty much the last thing that would have been on my list of concerns at that point in my life. I, my, I still had kids at home and I, that never would have made my list of worries. And I learned while I was in there for that two weeks that my heart was actually functioning at just 6%. Wow. And they don't tell you this when you're in there, but the doctors really didn't think I would ever leave ICU. And I obviously did. And then I would just get these little short prognosis windows, like maybe six months and then maybe five years. And so it was always just kind of a touch and go. But when I left there, that was at my local cardiac ICU. I was flown to Cleveland Clinic and I became my doctor's most critical patient for a year and a half. And during that time, I wore an external defibrillator vest, which it's called a life vest, and it shocks your heart from outside your body. And then I was taking all these potent medication and increasing the dosages to the maximum amount that I could. And the thing that happened with my physical journey was notable, but I think what was very important in that time was what was happening in my spiritual journey, because those, that year and a half, when I was wearing the life vest, I was the most critical patient for my doctor here in Cleveland. I, nothing much was happening. I had people praying around the clock for me. I still have the framed prayer chains and nothing was happening. I wasn't, I was hanging on, but I wasn't getting any better. And I thought 
at that point I had this faith crisis because I thought that it was my fault that they weren't having their prayers answered on my behalf because I thought my faith was weak, that I I shouldn't be asking God these questions. I shouldn't be doubting. I should be repeating all these memes I'm seeing about trust and just believe and think joy. And I wasn't feeling any of that. And so I went through this faith crisis and that's where the book that I wrote came out of is what I learned and the questions that I think, and I heard from my readers that everybody asks, there are these three questions that everyone asks when they're on a detour and it might not be a health detour. It might be a financial detour or a relationship detour or a family detour but those three questions keep coming up again and again. So just for this audience too, one, if you want to share the questions, feel free, because we want them to obviously read the book. And I, But when you first got the diagnosis, how did that impact your relationship with God? What was going through your mind at that point? I think that I still, and I'm, I was embarrassed to be asking. I think I just said, I was embarrassed to be asking these really basic faith questions because like I said, I had believed all my life and there was never a point where I felt like I didn't know about God or the stories about God or any of that. But there was this point where I felt like I didn't know his character and I didn't know his care. And so I, I really had this point where I was kind of giving God the silent treatment because I felt like I had come through on my end of the bargain. I was a Christian. I was raising my children in the church and I was being faithful and he wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. And so I had this crisis where I wasn't sure if I believed anymore. I didn't know what good my faith was anymore. I didn't know if I was expecting not enough of my faith or too much of my faith. And so I had this silent period with God because when he was not responding in the way I thought he should or the way I expected him to, I gave him this silent treatment. And there was just months in there where I was just barely holding on. I knew God and I knew he was there, but I was having a really hard time trusting him and I was having a hard time holding on. And thankfully there are a few things I did that helped me to hang on just barely with a tether, but it was a rough time when I was going through that and not experiencing anything from God one way or another. So for someone who may be going through a detour, whether it be with health or with anything of that nature, what advice would you give to that person to just, in, well, advice in general, and also encourage them to stay connected to God and continue to press forward in Jesus? I think there's a few things that I would say to that person, because, you know, I think everybody's going to find themselves in that situation at one time or another, in one form or another. And one of the ways is that just find a way to stay connected to God. And it might you won't always be in that position, but sometimes you just need a lifeline. Sometimes you just need something to hold on to, and it may not be what you expect. I, I found that I needed to borrow words from other people. I could not pray for a long time. And I was 
having a hard time staying connected to God when I wasn't praying, but I knew in the short term that other people were praying on my behalf. And I also borrowed words in that I, when everything was really going wrong, I could not just dive right into scripture. It was just too rich. It was too, I don't know. It just felt like I wasn't ready for it. I needed some more baby food or something that, that I couldn't handle at that point. And so I learned to read other trusted Christians that had books or blogs or listen to podcasts where there's just trusted Christian advice and trusted Christian voices out there when you don't have the words that you can borrow the words from someone else. And then one, maybe one of the strangest ones was that I borrowed words through songs when even I couldn't read maybe a book from someone, I could listen to a song, a Christian song, and those words would sink into my heart when nothing else could, when nothing could penetrate it, when I was mad or upset or confused, that could still get in. And while you wouldn't want to stay there and only do that the rest of your life, it keeps you there. It keeps you connected to God in the short term. So that's one of the pieces of advice I would give is just find a way to stay connected and borrow words from wherever you need to. So during that time, and even now, like who else has came alongside you? Cause I always talk about the importance of in our Christian walk and our Christian journey community is so important. Like we can't go at this alone. We were not meant to do this journey by ourselves. So what was your community like during this time? It was amazing. And I think in the acknowledgement section of my book, I tried to mention them at least by group because there were so many of them. And I remember thinking, I don't know that I was that great of a community member to these other people <laughs> when they were going through something, but boy, I really learned about from them how to support someone because I had my, my church where we've lived for 30 years, the community where I grew up. I had so many people in the medical field who, even though they may not have been at a Christian hospital or Christian clinic, would take the time or the risk maybe to pray with me in a medical setting. And I'll never take that for granted again. And then just having community with other people who have the same heart failure that I have. So whatever the, whatever you're struggling with, if you could find someone who kind of knows and can kind of mentor you through uh, that part of it. But the support that I got from my Christian brothers and sisters has been something that, you know, I, until I was in that area of need, I was taking a meal or doing this or sending a card, but until you're in that deep need yourself, you don't realize that that little, that meal that you just threw together and dropped off or that card that you wrote out and stuck in the mail, that might've made the difference for them in that day. And so I really learned about how those little drops make all the difference for people, especially when we're talking about Christian support, because it all, I think God takes all of that and multiplies that. It's amazing how I, this, I can't remember who I was talking to when this came up, but it's amazing how we can 
pray for things and ask God for things, but then someone else is also doing that and we can be their answer to prayer. Sometimes like we pray for divine appointments and we can be someone's divine appointment. We, we pray for people. We may not realize that we may be the answer to that person's prayer. And I think how we pay attention to the needs of people around us is so critical in this journey. So I, I think you're spot on with that. Yes. And I, one of the things when you were talking that made that popped into my mind was when I was, before I was on this detour, I was teaching college for 25 years and busy and raising kids and all the things. And when I got this diagnosis, I was forced to slow down because I just, I don't have the energy. I can't do a two hour lecture, stand up and talk that long anymore. And I was able to start this area of ministry in my life that I wouldn't have taken the time to do. I just would not have taken that time in a safer, healthier life. And God provided that way. And you know, there's a scripture in Isaiah that I think about quite a bit because I've always talked about this journey as a detour because, and I relate it to the detour that Jesus took in the desert right before his public ministry. And he was in the desert. So I always think about a desert as the background for this whole situation. But in Isaiah in chapter 43, it says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And that's really what has happened in this is I was able to find those streams in the wasteland. And part of that was finding new opportunities where I could minister to other people that I had not taken the time in a normal day to do. You've touched on this, but I want to make sure I ask this like directly because I just want to share this with the audience because we've, I've experienced this, those moments and those seasons where I've been angry, I've been disappointed with God just because this detour, this unplanned situation just popped up. So what, how would you either, what advice do you give or how would you minister to someone who is coming to you and saying, this is how I'm feeling. Like I'm angry with God. I'm disappointed with God. Cause I think the point you made is so valid that finding someone who like, Hey, I've been there or mm-hmm. have, or I've, I'm. I live through this, just finding someone to partner with. But what advice would you give for someone who's just saying, I'm angry with God, I'm disappointed, I was not expecting this, why me? You know what? How would you help that individual? Well, a couple of things on that. One of the times when I was having trouble finding words and I talked about borrowing words from other people, one of the books that I went to was this book called Walking Through Twilight by Doug Grutheis. And he was walking with his wife through dementia. And it was in that book, though I had heard the words over and over throughout my life, that I really started to get the idea of lament. I really understood what he was talking about when he went through these times where all that's all he could do was lament. And I think what we are sometimes trained to do is if we don't have anything nice to say, that we don't say anything at all. And that doesn't work really well when we're talking about God, because it's just too easy to shut him out. And I think when you can bring your questions, your complaints, your anger to God, you're still having a relationship with him. You're still in it, even though it's not where you want it to be at that time. There's so much in the Bible, Psalms, half of that is lament and Lamentations itself and Ecclesiastes. And there's so much in there where it's not all just great 
talk to God. And he put that, his spirit included that in scripture that it's okay. And in fact, there's sometimes that's all you can do is lament. And I, I think back to anybody that's raised teenagers can relate to this, or if you've been a teenager, you could relate to this when we're mad and we would go in our door, in our bedroom door and slam the door shut. And we would shut our parents out or our kids would shut us out as parents. That's the worst punishment, right? When we're not talking to the, to our parents, that's the worst thing we can do with them because as a parent, all you want is the communication. You don't care if they're mad. You don't care if they're going to complain, just don't shut us out. And that's what God feels. He's not afraid of your questions or your complaints or your anger. The worst thing you can do is just shut him out. Or like what I was doing is I felt like I had this faith that was this fragile faith that I had built so carefully over my life, almost like a model airplane or something that I had built. And I was afraid that if I actually went out and flew it in these storms, I would break it. And so instead of using it, I put it up on a shelf and I said, okay, when, when everything calms down and it's sunny and still and beautiful again, I'll get my faith down and I'll use it. And that was exactly the wrong thing to do. I needed to get that down and wrestle with it and contend with God and not only was that keeping me connected to God, but it was also strengthening my faith. Because when you're wrestling and you're, you're defining it and you, he's top of mind every day when you're doing that. And that's what I found that I needed. So I want to, so anyone who's listening to the podcast, the first couple people who respond in the comments with the word detour, I'm going to make sure we get their book, your book in their hands, excuse me. So how else can anyone who's interested support your ministry? Where can they buy the book? Where are you located on social media? Because we're also going to share all of your links. And I just actually want to take the time right now too to even thank you for being on the show because you are sitting in Cleveland right now. <laughs> yeah. You are you are sitting in Cleveland right now. And due to your some appointments you mentioned, you said you had at the Cleveland Clinic. So I even want to thank you for taking the time out to even share your testimony with our audience today, just, and just the strength that you're showing again. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, it was, it was actually a really a good time. And all of this stuff that we're talking about is good for me to bring up because I had been holding steady on my heart failure for several years. And if you had asked me two days ago, how are you doing? I would have said holding steady, but yesterday I learned that my heart failure dropped again. And so I'm kind of going through all of this again in real time. And I just am really having to lean into my own advice. And I have to fight that about, I don't like what I'm hearing. I don't like what I'm experiencing. But one of the things that me giving myself permission to ask these questions has brought up is that, and I talk about this in the book, is that I've come to realize that both of these can be true. All of this can be happening in my life that doesn't look good and God can be good. Those two things can both be good at the same time or both be true at the same time. And you can have gratitude and you can be going through grief and both of those can be true at the same time. And so sometimes in my mind, I wanted things to be really clean and I have really had to learn in, lean into the fact that 
there's really more of a both and going on in faith than anything else. And so one of the things that if readers are interested or listeners are interested, I have a resource on my website that's called five prayers and promises when you can't talk to God. And it's really just everything that I dug out when I was going through that silent time with God. I, I remember waking up one day and saying, we've been through too much together for this to end this way. I'm going to dig around until I find what I need to find and I can know what I need to know. And so I dug out five prayers and promises and it's designed for people that are in that situation where they feel disappointed with God. They feel like I, I don't really want to have a friendly conversation with you, God, because I feel a little bit betrayed or abandoned. And so that's available at lauriannwood.com slash hope. And my book's available on Amazon. It's called Divine Detour. The path you'd never choose can lead to the faith you've always wanted. And it's a book of essays, so it's easy to pick up and read little snippets at a time. And that was by design too, because anybody that's going through any kind of detour or trauma, they have the shortened attention span. And so I wrote it so that each one is a self-contained essay. So I would love to interact with anyone that has a prayer request or anyone who has a question, heart failure related or faith related. And you can reach me on my website at lauriannwood.com. I'm also lauriannwood on Instagram and Facebook. And we're going to make sure we share all of your links too. As you and I have discussed, I try to use Redwood as a central hub for Christianity. So if I know that you got something going on, I'm definitely going to put it out there. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to share all of your links with our audience in case they're interested in connecting with you. So that's awesome. Thank you. Unfortunately, this is the last question that I have for you today. <laughs> this is our let them know segment. So if there's anything you would like to share with the audience, anything that you would like to update them on, anything you didn't touch already, please, Lori, let them know. I think one of the things I that I feel like people need to, especially longtime believers, I think we feel like we have to know all the answers and that there's value in answers. And so as long as I know what the answer is, I can let you ask the question. But I want to challenge people that are even longtime believers who are who've been involved in the church, who have been Christians all their lives to go ahead and ask those basic faith questions, because that is what keeps your faith alive. If you just think you know the answers I guarantee you something will come up in your life where that it doesn't match up with that answer. The key to really being strong in your faith and having a faith that can roll with all the punches is to lean into those questions and contend with God every day. Ask the questions, find the answer, borrow words. And that's what's really brought me through this is I wanted answers at first, and I learned in my heart journey that I wasn't going to get any medical answers because it's just sort of an uncertain disease. And so that translated into my faith journey too, because I realized that 
rather than having value in the answers, sometimes the values are in the questions that we have and in staying connected to God that way. I think that's one of those things we can always take back to the father too, right? Like we, it's not always my, it's not my job to figure it out. Like he, God, what do you, you have my yes? What are we going to do? You have my obedience. What are we going to do? Make it clear to me so I understand the path that you want me to take. If Even if I don't have the answers, I can always go back to the source because the Bible is so clear. He knows the end from the beginning. So sometimes when I when we can get caught up in trying to figure these things out ourselves, and then it can lead us into disappointment or pride or arrogance or frustration or sadness, depression. It's like, I'm going to leave this in your hands. Not just give you my yes, not just give you my obedience, but you have my surrender too. Yes. I'm going to just, I'm going to just cast this care on you. And it's easier said than done, right? It's easier to say this into a microphone than it is to just walk it out. And this is that one thing that like when people are struggling, they struggle to hear that. It's like, just surrender, just surrender. And it's like, sometimes that surrender may be daily. It could be hourly, it could be minute by minute. And like you said, those emotions can sometimes be a flurry <laughs> and it's, that's okay. I can be angry one minute and then happy with something at the exact same time. <laughs> yes. So thank you for doing the show today. And I was wondering if I could just get you to close us out in prayer, if you wouldn't mind. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a blessing to, I always love to see other people who have taken this an extra step further. And this is a, it's an amazing ministry that you have. And I'm so blessed to be included in just a little snip of it. Thank you. No, thank you. I'd love to get you back on here in the future to do this again. Of course. Yes. Pray with me, please. Father God, remind us today as we come to you that you are God of healing. You are God who's always interested in our final healing. And sometimes that's here on earth and sometimes that's in heaven. But help us to know that though you are that God of healing and we have questions about whether it will come on in this lifetime or not, or is something that will make our life completely resolved or not. Help us to know that during that confusing time, you're not afraid of our questions, that you're a God who longs to keep the conversation going with us at whatever cost to you, whatever cost to us, you want that relationship. And so help us to lean into the relationship avenues that you've set forth, the being able to lament, being able to ask questions, borrowing words and the community of Christians that you provided for us, Lord. We just, we know, Lord, that you are a God who has good plans. And those plans, sometimes the story arc isn't complete in our lifetime and they don't look like good plans, but help us to know that and to trust that you have our yes and that we are in your story. And even when we don't see a tidy end in our lifetime, that we trust that you have it, Lord. Thank you for your son. Thank you for him stepping in and helping us and seeing the answers that we need to see and all of the blood that he was, that he spilled for us, that we can take that and support other people that we can further your cause in this world. In Jesus name. Amen. And Lord, I just thank you for Lorianne, her, her ministry father. Lord, we're going to continue just to speak forth healing. We're going to continue just to speak forth miracles over her father. We know you can do anything and all things, Lord. 
and as we just come into agreement with her and as we just stand in the gap with her, Lord, I just thank you for her ministry. I thank you for her testimony. I thank you for the expansion of her territory. And I thank you for the impact that she's having on so many people's lives, Lord. I thank you for the encouragement that she is to so many people. I just thank you for just everything you're doing in her and through her. And I just thank you and pray for your traveling mercies and just the open doors that you're about to provide and continue to provide. Give her eyes to see and ears to hear and just give her the grace to do all the things you've asked her to do, Lord. We just pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for doing the show today. I really appreciate it. And I look, I will have to, we'll have to set up a time to get you back on here in the future. That'd be wonderful. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you.